you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome, everybody, to a very special May edition of The Season with Peter Schrager. Uh, It's schedule release time, and I thought this was very pertinent and also very timely to do this today, which we are recording this on the Wednesday before the schedule is officially released on Thursday. And let me tell you, it will be released on Thursday, but you'll start getting your leaks on Thursday morning. The reason is the schedule makers have come to their conclusion with the final schedule and they have started notifying the teams. So for today's guest, we're going to have on Mike North, who is part of the team that puts the schedule together. For years, it was a gentleman named Howard Katz, and Howard still is very much involved, but Howard deals with the broadcast teams uh, and the executives at not only CBS and Fox, but now ESPN and also Amazon and, of course, the NFL Network as well. And they figure out the best possible schedules that is going to satisfy as many parties as possible. Uh that's their job. We're going to have Mike on in a second. And now as we record this, it's before the schedule has been released. You might be listening to the pod on your morning commute, even if it's after the schedule comes out. I think what you're going to love is how the sausage is made. And that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast. As I look at it from 20,000 feet, what is going to separate this podcast from others? Well, it's here are the decision makers. Here are the people that are telling you things that uh, you're not going to get anywhere else. And here's kind of getting ahead of things. I thought the, uh, uh, the S2 cognition test uh, discourse was really interesting. And I'm joined, of course, by my great producer, Aaron Wong Kaufman right now. And Aaron, I feel like we had the dude from the S2 cognition test well right before the huge controversy erupted with CJ Stroud. And I felt like that's what we want to do with this podcast, right? Like first guest back from paternity leave. Let me get the guy who invented the S2 cognition test. I think you might've rolled your eyes, but that ended up being a huge talking point in the 2023 draft, right? Yeah, I loved it. And uh, I mean, I would never roll my eyes. I kind of love the, I know the wonder look is an imperfect part of the draft process, but I've always loved that, that processing aspect of it, which I think is really interesting. So I would, so I think Mike North is going to be a great guest and we're going to have him on in a second. Uh, Real quick, some housekeeping items. We're going to do this podcast throughout the off season. This is the dead time once the schedule comes out and this is pretty dead besides franchise talk, talk and maybe Saquon Barkley, but I'm going to try to bring on some, some good guests over the next few weeks. Some that are NFL related, some that are celebrities that are fans, some that are just interesting to me. This is the time to do it. And I think we're going to keep the momentum going with this podcast. One note, uh, love my execs at the NFL Network, love the way that we cover the game. I I might have missed it. I thought uh, there was a cool opportunity yesterday in the dead time of the NFL uh, to give Joe Cap his love and who Joe Cap uh, was and his impact on the sport. I didn't see it anywhere. And it might've been on NFL Network. I don't sit and watch it 24 hours, but I didn't see much of it online. So I was walking down Henry Street in Brooklyn where I live 
and I filmed my first ever like first person point of view video and just put it on Twitter. It was literally 20 seconds. And I got a crazy response because I just felt like there was an opportunity to shed some light on who Joe Cap was. In short, Joe Cap is the only man in history of the sport to lead a team to the Rose Bowl. He led Cal to the Rose Bowl, to the Grey Cup, did that for the BC Lions, and then a Super Bowl, did it for the Vikings. I put this video out and I said, he was also the coach of Cal for many years. He was the coach of the famous, the band is on the field game against Stanford. He was the coach of Cal. And then in his last game ever, which was 1986, um, Joe Cap was the coach of Cal. His last game, they were down 21 points against Stanford and they came all the way back and won. And it's considered one of the greatest wins in Cal football history. So I did this little video. I'm walking by Fiscati Pizza and... Uh, the ramen place. And I'm just filming it. My son's barking in the background. He's with me walking. I'm just like, here's just rest in peace, Joe Cap. Here's who he was. 85 years old, passed away. The responses were crazy. And then I get a text from Ron Rivera this morning, who I don't know if he's on Twitter. I don't know what he's, somehow the video made his way to him. And he was like, thank you for doing that. And he's like, and I have a great Joe Cap story for you. I played for the man. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. So we were texting a little bit. And I feel like, there's a little niche there. There's a little something there. So maybe we'll get that stuff going on in the podcast too, where, you know, a little bit look back at history, some of the people who made the game what it is and some of the decision makers uh, that are doing things in the league. But right now we're looking at NBA playoff talk. We're looking at uh, a writer's strike in Hollywood. We're looking at succession on the final few weeks uh, of that show. And I, we're looking at the summertime and the summertime is where everyone takes their foot off the pedal with the NFL. I usually say it's 24 seven. No, I'd be lying. After the schedule comes out, this is where everyone takes a little bit of a breath. There's a, another league meeting next week where we'll get word on whether Amazon has the capabilities to flex on Thursday night football. I think that's going to be a big decision. We'll find that out next week. Most likely it was tabled for March, so I would think that's then. Maybe we get some commander's news at that meeting. Maybe not on who's going to be the owner of that team if there is, in fact, going to be a sale. And then there's just like franchise tag talk. And I think a lot of that talk was kind of, there was a pin put in it with Lamar, obviously. And then it's kind of just Saquon as the last like big, big name that we're going to be tracking. And in New York, that's going to be a topic. Uh, tonight, I am going to the Knicks game and I'm going with an NFL related guest. I don't know if I can share it yet. Um, maybe I'll share it at the next podcast, but it's, a new face in town, NFL related, who has never been to Madison Square Garden. And we were texting and I got offered two tickets from a very generous friend who could not go. Um, and very rarely do I get two tickets to a Knicks playoff game. The seats are not crazy. You will not see me courtside. I will not be on the Douglas Elliman Celebrity Row Jumbotron. These are seats that are up in the rafters, maybe tier below that. I don't know. Uh, but I am taking someone involved in the NFL who I think is going to play a big part of the 2023 season. Um, Aaron, if you were to take a guess, new to the market, big impact on the 2023 season, and has never been to Madison Square Garden. That is like a weird 21 questions, but um, take a guess. I mean, my first thought was Rodgers until you said never been to MSG because mm. we know Rodgers has already been. Yeah. Um, I I kind of think it's Hackett, but 
You're right. Because that's someone you're right. You got it. I'm taking Hackett and and that hideous beard of his. I'm taking Hackett as my guest. Now, look, we're recording this right now at four o'clock. I'm going to get on the subway. I'm going to take either the two, three from Clark Street or the A train from High Street, which both go right to the garden. He's taking a New Jersey transit train. I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know if people are going to be swarming him or not. I was like, maybe you drive in. I don't know. Um, and we're meeting at Penn Station and then going to the game. And uh, we're going to talk. He's never been to the Garden. So hopefully I get some information uh, that I can share on the podcast. But more than anything, just want the experience. And hopefully the Knicks win. Are, have you been following Knicks at all or you don't? Oh, yes. Okay, so you're oh, in on yes. it. All right, good. Oh, yeah. Good. Um, I am shocked with the heat in general. Yeah. Like, this has been... Uh, uh, the, uh, there's these there have been a lot of really good games i watched that nick the last nick's heat game i was watching i, I was there were moments i was like the heat are so much better i know they don't i, miss, I don't know like, why they're, they don't yeah. miss threes and then the knicks are supposed to be so big with with uh randall with randall and robinson and the big guy i'm going blank isaiah have why am i going blank 55 whatever big white dude who can rebound and played with jokic in denver for a year i forget his name Um, hartenstein steen yeah he's good and i'm like all right they should at least dominate the boards and then they're getting out rebounded by a miami team and like this miami team is like you know kevin love i'm like oh kevin love is still in the nba oh kyle lowry oh kyle lowry's still in the nba and i don't even know i i follow the nba so closely and then i really pick up during the off season but like i didn't know vincent number two i didn't know caleb martin number 16 these guys are good and they're crushing the knicks so we'll see tonight i i feel like the 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 garden might not have the same juice as it did game two, which I was at, and it was tied at one, and er, it was like let's tie it up and let's get this thing going. I feel like the wind might be out of the sails uh, of this Knicks team, but we'll see. Hackett's going to be in attendance, so you'll hear this tomorrow morning, and I assure you, we will not be on the jumbotron. The seats are not good enough. <laughs> uh, do you want me to get Mike North on here? Should we do it? Let's yeah, get let's to do work. It. All right, let's Mike North is in charge of the NFL schedule. He works with a great team. Offhand, uh, Charlotte Carey, Ani Bose, uh, and the wonderful Blake Jones. Those are his teammates, and Howard Katz is kind of the godfather of it all, and they've been working on this schedule uh, that is going to be released on Thursday. They've been working on it for months, and I'll tell you, if I, I'd be lying if Mike and I didn't have a few conversations in uh, March about what Rodgers' uh, latest status was, but it is all settled, and Lamar's all settled, and the schedule makers can send a nice thank you note to Green Bay, to New Jersey, and to Baltimore for getting those things done before the schedule comes out. Mike North, after this. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With no further ado, uh, in the monologue, I explained how much I love talking to this guy, and I'm such a geek for the schedule-making process, but uh, it's him, and it it really takes a village, and he's going to get into all the different parties that have been involved, but as we are recording this, it is 4 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday. The schedule is being announced on Thursday, so for your morning commute, for your morning workout... 
Let's just get into it with the vice president of NFL broadcast planning, the great Mike North. Mike, what is up, my friend? Peter, how are you, my friend? I am amazing, and I want to start off with the way we're trickling the news out this year. I feel like last year we started doing it with the international games, but today, which is Wednesday, we not only got the international slate, which looks really good and robust, we also got a Black Friday game. We got a Christmas Day game. We got a New Year's Eve game. What's the strategy in kind of making this from schedule release day to now schedule release days? Yeah, a little bit of a breadcrumb approach, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, I'm old enough to remember that, you know, when we used to build the schedule, we literally built it sequentially by hand. So we would start you know, kind of middle of February with week one, and then we'd build week two and three. And at some point you would finish the schedule. And if you didn't like it, you could go so far back up, but you could never go all the way back to the beginning. It took us 10 weeks to get here. If we were going to start over, it would have been another 10 weeks schedule to come out in July. That's not an option. So um, I'm old enough to remember that we were building it sequentially and you'd get it done and it would be somewhere around the middle of April. You would show it to the boss and we would just put it out the next day. And there was no, you know, ramp up, no runway, no marketing, no excitement. It just was almost kind of stealth. It was almost kind of ninja that the schedule just suddenly was here. And that wasn't really fair to our fans. It wasn't fair to our teams. It wasn't fair to the ticketing partners. So uh, a few years ago, Peter O'Reilly from our events group and Hans Schroeder, who runs a broadcasting group, kind of got together and said, you know, sneaking the schedule out a week or two before the draft doesn't seem right doesn't seem fair. If nothing else, it's not fair to the kids who we've been talking about as draft prospects for a month. Let's let them have their moment. Let's let them have the month of April. Month of April. And then once the draft is over, gives us just an extra couple of weeks just to see if anything surprising happened during the draft. And then we could put the schedule out kind of middle of May. It's a little later than maybe some of our teams would prefer. They do have a lot of work to do starting tomorrow night mm -hmm. uh, relative to charter flights and hotels and planning and meeting spaces and stuff like that. But um, as a member of the scheduling team, I, I, I like the extra couple of weeks. I like being able to search through this infinite space just a little bit longer uh, and hopefully come up with a winner. And once we have one, yeah, instead of just dumping it on everybody all at once, here's all 272, react, go. You know, here's a little bit of a breadcrumb approach, a little bit of a trickle, a little couple of couple of sexy drips. And, uh, yeah, we'll do a few more tomorrow as well. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody gets excited and it just makes them even more interested in, in what's coming when the whole thing comes out on Thursday night. Well, it's a smart play also because, you know, I'm not in on Good Morning Football right now. I'm still on the paternity leave, but I saw Taylor Rooks from Amazon was on Good Morning Football discussing the Black Friday game. I saw that uh, Good Morning America is going to play a role. Today's show is going to play a role. Fox and Friends are going to play a role. This is really leveraging the broadcast partners to make the most out of these primetime and premier matchups. And I, I, I feel like this, you said Hans and Peter, but I feel like your group also, you guys rose to the occasion here. And I know we always talk about the NFL network being 24 seven football, but this really could be a formality. It could just be, let's put it out, but we have created a tent pole event that roll your eyes. Gosh, everywhere I walk on the street in New York, people are asking me, you know, when's the jets game in Vegas? Do you know? <laughs> it's a real thing. People want to know. And it becomes almost like the NCAA tournament releasing, you know, their brackets. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And you see them when they do the March Madness brackets. Everybody's doing it in real time. You know, nobody has it before then, which is fun. It's interesting, but you don't really get to kind of focus in on, oh, that's a big one. That's one we really need to talk about. Or, hey, let's get a former player in here to talk about this one. And the commissioner said to us the other day, hey, maybe we should have a fan 
announce one of these games next year so all kinds of different ways that people can get excited everybody's got their favorite game that they're looking forward to i know we're not supposed to read the internet comments but i Mm -hmm. read them and i get that some people are like hey we knew the games we knew who was home and away all you're doing is putting them in order that's true to a certain extent we knew the jets were going to vegas at some point we knew kansas city was coming to new york but you know when it happens and which television partner it lands on and where in the season and who's you know home the week before and who's the week after and who's thanksgiving and christmas and london and it, it, it there's a lot that went into it and it's it's fun to kind of let each of these kind of tentpole games have their own little moment and, and let fans start getting excited before we dump the whole thing on them tomorrow night i have so many questions and we're going to get to them I, I feel like let me let's let's start off with the thing that you mentioned about the sequential building of a schedule for years by hand and then by the time you get to week 11 to go back and change week one is so difficult what is the strategy now? Do you look at those tentpole games first, plug them in, and then kind of color in the dots? Or is it we just pump in a bunch of different permutations, but we know that, hey, Thanksgiving, we want to have a couple big teams. Like, how does it work now? Yeah, the way it works now, and all credit to our software developers, Optimal Planning Solutions out of Western Canada, our hardware partner is AWS, our optimization partner, Garobi Optimization. Like, we could not do this without our really, really skilled, competent, qualified partners. Uh, When we were building it by hand, we were literally doing it manually, one game at a time, one week at a time, and no human can understand if you do this in week three, what hell you hath wrought in week 16. And so what we realized was it's not a top-down process, it's really an inside-out process. What we need to put on first are the key games, to your point, the tent poles, whether it's the Sunday night games, the Thursday night games, the big doubleheader games on Sunday afternoon, there's rules and restrictions and how many of each, and we don't want the same team too many weeks in a row, and, you know, this team's up and coming, we should get them in, but maybe not too late in the season, maybe put that one earlier in the season. This is a big game, though. That one seems like we could save it for later in the season. So you kind of build a shell, what we call as a seed schedule, and call it 60-70 of the tent pole games. Okay, like said, the that's a lot of games. games. The national television games, and we spent months just grinding on that shell, just grinding on that seed schedule before you even worry about how could we even finish this seed? Is this seed right? Is this seed going to grow? Is this seed going to, you know, make a nice tree? So we build lots and lots and lots of seed schedules and the whole team all day, every day, Howard Katz, Hans Schroeder, Ani Bose, Blake Jones, Charlotte Carey, Lucy Popko. It is 24-7 for 14 weeks, and it's looking at Mm. these seed schedules, would this, if it were to birth a tree, be a good seed to build off of? And if not, why not? Well, maybe that's one too many primetime game for these guys, or if we're going to do them, maybe we shouldn't save them all for December. How about a couple early or spread them out a little better? You know the big teams. You know the big brands, the Dallases, the Kansas Cities, the Jets now with Rodgers, Philadelphia coming off a Super Bowl run. Those guys are going to be all over your national television schedule. But it shouldn't necessarily be the first 10 weeks or the last 10 weeks. So can you spread out those key tent poles? And once you've got a seed schedule that you like, can you solve around it? And when you do solve around it, there's only so many options at that point. You've put 70 of the 272 games on the board. There may not even be a way to put the other 200 on it. So solve around this seed and then solve around this seed and solve around this seed. And we make in any given night, probably between 50,000 and 100,000 seeds, try to solve them all. 
come in in the morning. All right, what's good about it? What's bad about it? What would we change? What would we keep? What would we never want to see again? What should we prohibit? And then if th- something changes, you know, the Raiders get a new quarterback. The Saints get a new quarterback. The Ravens sign a new wide receiver. The Ravens sign the quarterback that we weren't sure they were going to sign. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers gets traded. That changes the definition of what these good seed schedules are going to look like. So 50,000 more seeds now with the new information that we have, try to solve each of those. And as the seed schedules finish up in the finished schedules, then you try to analyze each of those, what's good, what's bad, who's happy, who's mad, and try to make sure that you kind of maximize everybody who's happy and hopefully minimize everybody who's not. Okay, so you and I have been friendly for about a decade in the last few years have really got because you know I, I geek out on this more than anyone in the media i love it and i love all the science behind it i also love the human relationship of it so you're meeting with the broadcast partners at some point and they're giving you a wish list or is it a summit meeting where all the broadcast partners are in a room and it's a discussion how do we know what fox wants what cbs wants what nbc wants what espn wants and now what amazon wants and how do you stack that against okay we also have to satisfy this team can't be on the road three times in a row, or this team is coming off an international week. When are those meetings? And I guess, how do you do you juggle all that? Yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, now that you're a father of more than one child, you know, <laughs> you know you're not supposed to have favorite children. And they're all tied for first. Uh, same with our network partners. We love them all equally. We love all 32 teams equally. But this is a zero-sum game, right? Anything that's good for the Texans is by definition bad for the Jaguars. Anything that's good for CBS is probably bad for Fox. So you're trying to kind of thread that needle and strike that right balance so that, like we said, everybody gets something, nobody gets everything. Nobody, no team, no network partner should be way too happy on release day or way too disappointed. That's not our best schedule. So trying to find out where, you know, everybody's just a little disappointed, hopefully, and yeah. kind of equally so. So we meet with all the network partners kind of right before. When is that? Like, right is that the league the meetings? Ball. Yeah, we yeah, usually okay. do it during Super Bowl week, either here in New York before we all travel. It's obviously- So a- just give me an example. It's like Eric Shanks and Sean McManus yeah. and like yeah. who, yeah, it's like the top Shanks of the networks. And, uh, Eric Shanks and, and his programming team, Mike Mulvihill, Bill Wanger, Jacob Oman from the production side. Um, Mark Silverman, uh, Jordan Bazan, all, all the key executives from Fox. We get them all in a room or on a Zoom, and we bring our whole team. Uh, Brian That's Rolap, cool. Hans Schroeder, Howard Katz, Ani Bose, Blake Jones, Charlotte Carey, Lucy Popko. We're all there together. And all right, what are we shooting for here, fellas? What's what's the target? What do you think? Here's what we're thinking. And we all just kind of brainstorm a little bit and kind of highball it and talk about, look, if you're Fox, you know you're still the home of the NFC, even though the road team no yeah, longer yeah, determines. That. Yep. You're still predominantly the home of the NFC. And as such, if you're Fox, I'm sure if you could wave a magic wand, you'll take a Dallas Cowboys game in the 425 Eastern time window every week of the year. That's yep. what our fans have told us. They are most interested in watching. So um, there's a, a balancing act. Obviously, if everybody walks in with a wish list, here's our top 10 games, and these are the games we want, every partner's wish list it's going to look pretty similar, right? Everybody mm. wants Philly, Dallas. Everybody wants KC Jets. Everybody wants Dallas, San Fran. Everybody wants Buffalo, Philly, or San Fran, Philly, or Cincy, Buffalo, or Cincy, KC. So everybody's wish list looks pretty similar. What we talk to them about is what's really important to you. And when you talk to a partner and they say, hey, look, here's our list. But really, even though it's not in our top five, that game right down there at number eight, that's really important to us. Yeah. For instance, if if CBS were to say, you know, look, I know it may not be the game that projects to do the highest viewership of the whole season, but those two teams, 
there are teams, and mm. we announced one today, Cincy, Kansas City. They're going to play in Week 17. I feel like that should be on CBS. That it should be Nancy right, that's Romo. That's thought, but that's, as you can imagine, NBC and ESPN and Amazon yeah. and everybody else will say, hey, can't we get a bite of the Cincy KC we'll take Apple? It. So it's a balancing act. If CBS gets Cincy KC, then maybe somebody else should get KC Jets. And if somebody sure. got KC Jets, then somebody else should get Jets out. Buffalo or Buffalo KC. Round and you know, around that's how it go. goes. And so yeah. rather than lock those in day one and say, you get this, you get this, you get this, go. We say from this pool of top three, top five, top eight, top 15, everybody should get their fair shake. Everybody should get their fair bites of those apples. And then you let the computer kind of spin around on those seed schedules and then inside out. Here's a skeleton. Solve around it. Finish schedule. Is this our best one? I don't know. Let's see. Read it team by team, network by network. What could we improve? What should we never see again? What do we like? And maybe we should kind of lock in and go down that rabbit hole. And that process is all day, every day, over and over and over again. We meet with the networks right around Super Bowl. The teams all get to submit their wish lists. And then, frankly, we kind of close and lock the door. At that point, that's enough input. That's enough interaction. That's enough uh, feedback and opinions. Uh, we got to get to work and, and we start grinding through the space. You know, it's it's funny because we released the schedule in May and we dissect it tenfold. I remember last year I went back in my notes and I was like, Rams Packers, <laughs> Monday night football. I think it was week 16. And I'm like, that's the game of the year. Yep. That's good. 15. That's the game of the year. Ended up, obviously Stafford gets hurt. Cup gets hurt. The Packers are listless, but they beat the Rams in what was a forgettable game. But we get so worked up about those late season games. Now that we might not realize that that game might not even be that significant when it matters. And, and, and I remember it was Buccaneers Patriots. And I think when did you guys put that it was Tom Brady going back to five, we put a week three, I want to say week four, week four. And I remember talking to you about it and you're like, you know what? God forbid, what if Brady gets hurt? We got to get him on the field. So like, I'll, I love all the conversations you're having and it might not be easy for the naked eye when you look at it to determine what game's going to matter later in the season. That's why some of these games are put early in the season, because we know going in, here's where the fan interest is, and here are two powerful teams popularity-wise. Yeah, I'll give you a great example. Philly KC, right? Super Bowl rematch. The last what do you do with it? We saw those two teams. They were playing an all-time great Super Bowl. And I think we all would have felt as fans, man, let's just keep going. Let's play another quarter. And we thought Absolutely. long and hard, quite honestly, about using that game as the kickoff game. It was the last game of last year, first game of this year. Let's pick up right where we left off. But you could also see how Philly Kansas City might be one of those games you could save until December. You got to figure yep. both of them are in the mix. And if you could put that in a national window in December with maybe a couple of one seeds on the line. What a great use of that asset. Maybe you kind of put it right in the middle then, split the difference. Not too early, but not too late that everybody forgets it was a Super Bowl rematch and not too late where maybe one or both have clinched or eliminated or somebody's hurt, but not too early because we want to make sure they reestablish themselves as conference superpowers. So every one of those games, that same conversation, 272 times, what's the best use of this game for our fans? Where would they most like to see this game? And like we said, we've announced in CKC in week 17, some yeah. of us were a little hesitant, a little worried that maybe you sure. waited too long to put that game on the schedule. One of us, at least. And we'll go back and check our notes at the end. You know, I love it there. I really do. I can't wait to see. I do too. Those two I also think New Year's I, Eve, oh, everyone's God, home, right? ready to party. Like, that's go. great. Let's go. I love that one there. Uh, but there's others, like you said, that maybe belong a little earlier. Um, you know, you got can all you these tell me what the, series. Can, can you tell me what the number one 
game was, or is that violating some trust? The game that the that like all five networks came together and were like, if we can get any game, it's this one. Yeah, the truth is, this year of all years, I'm not sure there was a consensus number one. Okay, that that was both good and bad for the scheduling team. Um, there's a lot of juicy apples on the search yeah. tree this year. So certainly, Cincinnati, Kansas City's got to be near the top of the list. The Super Bowl rematch, Philly, Kansas City's up there. Uh, obviously, once Rodgers went to the Jets, that KC Jets game became a monster mm-hmm. because we never got Rodgers Mahomes last year. So yep. hopefully we're going to get Rodgers Mahomes this year. And a good example of, hey, should you wait too long to use that one since we waited one week too long to use it last year? Uh, Jets Dallas, both Dallas Phillies, both Jets Bills, uh, San Fran Philly, Dallas Buffalo. Man, there were so many really, That's really good. good games and some that just sound like really good football games that maybe aren't necessarily going to crack that top 10 list. One of the ones I like more than any, maybe not more than any, but one of the ones I like a lot is Bill's Chargers. I just love that game. Yeah. I know Josh maybe, Allen, Justin Herbert. I, sure. I know maybe on Sunday Night Football that doesn't do the 25 or 28 million that another game might do, That's but a, it's it great. felt wasteful not to put that game in a good Where window. is that? Buffalo or L.A.? It's in L.A. That's cool. That's yep. cool. And, so, and there was a know, lot Josh of those Allen's this year. I'm not yeah, sure there California was a consensus guy. number one, and that made our jobs, you know, both easier and tougher to a certain extent. Yeah, I, I love an analogy or a statement that you made years ago to me. You said it's both a science and an art. Can you explain the schedule making process, the scientific part of it, and then yeah. the artistic yeah. part? Again, of it? I'm I'm lucky enough to go all the way back, really, to the beginning, to the godfather of NFL scheduling with Val Pinchbeck. We used to sit in that room with a pegboard, and we would hang these games up one at a time, and literally every decision was made from one older gentleman's gut. Val thought that this sounded like a good game or this was a good time to start this division series or that team will like playing in, you know, this window on this week. And so much of the schedule came out of, you know, one man's gut. And there's always going to be some of that. The transition from Val to Dennis Lewin to Glenn Adamo to Howard Katz for these last 15 years. I don't think we ever want to take away, you know the gut feel of these industry legends. I mean, Howard Katz ran ABC forever, ran NFL films. He's a Hall of Famer. Right. If there's one guy whose gut we could trust, I think it's Howard's. That being said, I think we can help him a little bit with some of the analytics, some of the predictive stuff, some of the data, some of the math and science where, okay, I get that you think that's a big game and maybe it feels right in week three or week four, but you know what? Mathematically speaking, it might actually help the schedule if we put it in week six or week seven. So before we lock it in, why don't we just give it a little range and let the computers help us decide, okay, big asset, deploy it Mm -hmm. here, but also be willing to deploy it here, here, or here. And like we were saying before, if you put Cincinnati, Kansas City on CBS, then you should probably put Buffalo, Cincinnati somewhere else. And if you put Buffalo, Cincy here, you should put Cincy, San Fran somewhere else. And if you put Cincy, San Fran here, you should put San Fran, Philly somewhere else. You can use the data. You can use the predictive analytics to really kind of figure out the right way to deploy each of those assets so that all of our television partners, all of our fans, all of our teams feel like they were treated fairly. Yeah, I- is there a, a team this year, and we're going to get the schedule within 12 hours, so it might be moot asking now, but is there a team this year that you guys were hot on? I remember last year, Denver had a bunch of primetime games early. It didn't work out, and, you know, whatever. It's a, Even them becoming a, a question mark team almost came more intriguing because it's like, what's going on with this squad? But remember, there was an Amazon game against the Colts. There was obviously the Monday night opener. There was a lot of Broncos early on. Is there a team this year? I know the Jets are the obvious answer. Is there another one that you guys are like, Hey, and I would think Detroit, I would imagine. Yeah, Detroit's a good one. Detroit's a good sort of, uh, you know, the last time we saw them, um, 
they were what winning eight of nine and they went into mm-hmm. Lambeau and ruined the Packers awesome. season. Um, I, w- I would think we're going to see more Detroit on national television. You're right. The Jets are the obvious answer. Um, you know, I- I'm not sure there's anybody that we could point to and say that's the one team that we're betting on more than any other. I'll I- I'll, gi- I'll give you one. I'll give you one because it's maybe not necessarily indicative of their record from last year. Uh, I'll go with the Chicago Bears. I think that interesting. You know, the fact that they were a three-win team last year generally means you're heading for a lot of Sunday noon starts. Um, but in that division now, maybe a little more wide open than in the past. They got a haul from the draft pick trade. And ha, what do any of us know? But we keep hearing Justin Fields looks better mm-hmm. than ever. And he was nothing if not exciting last year when we watched him. So um, if somebody were going to look at this year's schedule and be like, who would surprise us that they're all in on? I, I'm sure somebody somewhere is going to say, wow, that that seems like they sure think the Bears are going to be good. And yeah, I kind of hope they are. It's interesting. I was listening to Andrew Marchand and John Oran's podcast from this week, and they were talking about how when the Bears are good, NFL ratings tend to be like, that's an underrated market that Chicago, I know it's number three in the media market thing, but you don't think of Chicago the same way you do maybe New York, yep. but it, it the Bears move the needle. Yeah, look, there's a lot of those teams. There's, you know, call them dormant fan bases or whatever you want to call them. But, you know, it wasn't that long ago when the Dolphins were a top brand. I feel like the Raiders have a national following mm-hmm. that is just kind of untapped. Um, look, it's great for the NFL when Dallas and Kansas City and San Francisco are good. You know, it's good for the NFL when the two New York teams are good, when the two L.A. teams are good. So um, some of this is a little bit of serendipity, a little bit of good fortune. And look, like we said, best laid plans in May. The season doesn't even start for four more months. None of us know anything. All our Mm -hmm. best laid plans. You go back and check your notes and, man, sure enough, somebody you thought was going to be good kind of fell off and somebody you never saw coming is going to be the story of the season. Some rookie we haven't even seen yet who's going to be, you know, somebody's going to be the rookie of the year. And uh, it's one of the best and worst things, quite honestly, about this job is you're guessing. You really are. These are all guesses. Uh, We're hoping. We're imagining what it could be. You rely on the things you can rely on, and then you kind of cross your fingers and, and take a risk on some other things. I live in an NFL is king world where my viewpoint is NFL first, everything else Seventh, eighth, ninth, and sh- but I remember a couple of years ago, Peter King did a wonderful article after the schedule came out and said, you know, Taylor Swift having a concert tour impacted some of the dates of the NFL schedule because they didn't want to boot Taylor Swift's fans on a Sunday, or they couldn't because there's a contract involved. Is there any concert tour, a Bad Bunny, a Taylor Swift yeah, that's Taylor's, going on in the fall Taylor's that is going to again. affect yep. us? Taylor's on the yeah. road. Beyonce's on the road. Pink is on the road. Morgan Whalen's on the road. I hope he feels Hopefully better. Hopefully, get his voice back. Yep. Um, Blackpink is on the road. I know Blackpink yeah. is coming here in August. Uh, there, there's a lot. Look, it's been a while since the concert business has. They're back concerts, right? They're and back. it's, it's better than ever. Back. I mean, and to a certain extent, oh, how could you do this? You're jeopardizing the integrity of the NFL schedule. We can't work around all these blocks. But this is part of what we do. We try to thread that needle, and you know, maybe it's a rock concert, maybe it's a college football game the day before, and we're worried about the field conditions. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's a NASCAR race or a golf tournament. Um, We're trying to, as part of the interaction with the clubs, like we said in January and February, tell us what we need to know. And part of it is, well, we got some other events going on in our building. And part of it is, oh, and we don't want to play in Florida in September and we don't want to play in Lambeau in December and you owe us a midseason buy. Um, You know, those all just kind of go into the stew. They go into the software. You just give it a stir and you keep hoping that the winner kind of solves all these things that you can. Is it perfect? Never. Um, but if you need 
Taylor Swift tickets, just call me, okay? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I might be hitting you up. Um, the uh, Don't laugh. Uh, the, the, the broadcast partners, of course, have their requests. And you just mentioned part of the stew being the teams having their certain requests. Um, how do you weigh those? Because I could see certain teams saying, I don't want to play the Miami Dolphins in September. Or another team saying, we actually would prefer to have more home games up in Buffalo in December than in September. It's a home field advantage. Yep. Whatever it is, how do you factor all that? And with the broadcast partner saying, hey, we actually want this game at this point, if you can possibly give it to us, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, look, each, each team is kind of a microcosm of that same conversation that we're having here at the league office. Here, when we build the schedule, you could make, arguably, the perfect television schedule, whatever that means. Nothing but Dallas and Kansas City and primetime and television windows, you know, all 17 weeks of the year. If you're going to do all of that over here, then your team competitive issues, you're probably going to be a little less fair than you would hope to be. You could do it the other way. You could make great team schedules. Every team, home away, home away, home away, midseason by, you're probably not then going to make your best television schedule. So somewhere between those two extremes, we're looking for that middle. Every team is having the same conversation internally. You know, we mentioned going to Florida in September. On the yeah. one hand, you know, if you're the vice president of ticketing or the vice president of marketing, you say, and, you know, hang on a second, it's 105 degrees in the shade. Can we please play our games at four o'clock or eight o'clock or even on the road in September? Yeah. Whereas if you're the head coach, this is a home field advantage for That's you. That's a huge advantage. And if you're Miami and you got Buffalo coming down to Florida, do you want to let them out of that, you know, hot weather game? You know, every team's got to make that decision. And to your question about, you know, give me all the home games you can give me in December, but the weather might be bad and the fans might not show up and heaven forbid you're five and 10, then you're going to have a yeah. tough time putting, you know, bodies in your building. Whereas, hey, don't put too many games in December so I don't have too many to sell. Then your coach turns around and says, hey, wait a minute. Why does this schedule have so few home games for me when I'm in a playoff chase? So every team's got to kind of strike that balance. And then we've got to take that input from all 32 and kind of apply it globally. And again, kind of find that right balance between competitive fairness and maximizing, you know, television viewership. It's less about maximizing viewership than it is about getting the right games to the fans. We're not doing our jobs if the best games are buried in one o'clock window windows and only available in 14% of the country. So can we spread them around? Can everybody see the games they really want to see? And can every team, again, feel like we heard them on what their requests and their preferences were? Nobody gets everything. Hopefully nobody feels like they got nothing. Yeah. And then there's this international aspect now where now you have five games in the 9.30 a.m. Eastern window. I personally work on the Fox pregame show at 11 a.m. Eastern. And I could tell you our ratings were down those five Sundays, do you hear from the broadcast partners saying, well, now, wait a second. How about this? We have these pregames with these. And I'm obviously uh, on both sides of the fence because the games air on NFL Network sometimes. And I'm a member of that crew also. But I feel like we've got so many different mouths to feed now that there are some things that are going to come up that is conflict. Yep. That's what Howard Katz says all the time. So many mouths to feed and you can't keep everybody well fed. You're going to have somebody who's a little disappointed somewhere along the line. And like you, you know, you wake up the morning of a London game and maybe you click over to your pregame show and then you realize, oh, man, there's live football. It's a game. Well, click. Right. We got to yeah. go watch the game when it's on. So. Yeah, it's not ideal, certainly, for uh, our pregame show, our, our partner's pregame shows, but any chance to get live football. And for those who have traveled over and played internationally, again, you talk about television ratings versus competitive fairness. When you go over to London and you play in the evening over there, 
So okay. the players in the afternoon over here, you get home really, really late. And you probably should take your bye the week after just because of the body clock and the miles in the air. And if you're playing a week four London game, you're essentially volunteering for a week five bye. And it's a yeah. long season. I don't think anybody's putting their hand up for a week five bye. Somebody's going to get it. Happens every year. Yeah, it happens. But it hopefully moves around a little bit. And nobody's volunteering for it. So if you're playing over there in the afternoon to play over here in the morning, you play in the afternoon over there. If you're an East Coast team, you're back in your facility Midnight, 1 a.m., that's probably earlier than if you played at Seattle or San Francisco on Sunday. So, you know, there's trade-offs, there's balances. I think our clubs have gotten really, really good at managing the London and, you know. Well, I still think it's fascinating. There's different strategies. We were in Germany last year and the Seahawks, they're there. And I believe it was either the Seahawks were there for several days and the Bucks just showed up the day before or is vice versa. But the fact that there's still not a tried and true strategy is fascinating to me. It also depends on where you're coming from in the States. We talked this year to San Francisco and the Chargers. They did not end up going over to London as a visiting team, but they had at least ran the traps and thought about how we would want to do this. And they both asked for the same thing. If you're going to send us to London, Bring us to the East Coast the week before, and we'll play in Philadelphia, Washington, New York, New England, whatever, and then we'll go over from there. As opposed to Seattle last year, didn't do that. They stayed in Seattle, Mm -hmm. and they flew to Germany. I think they went up over the North Pole, and they treated it more like, you know, a regular trip. I mean, Seattle has long trips every week, so they're used to it. Every team treats it differently. Everybody's an expert. Nobody knows for sure. And sometimes you win a game you're not supposed to, and sometimes you get beat, even though everything worked out exactly the way you would hope leading up to it. Nobody knows anything. It's a beauty of this league. Mike, how long have you been working for the NFL? Uh, Season 28 for me. Unbelievable. Big shield. Love Lifer. I still can't believe they let me in the building. No less work on such an important project. I'm so grateful, so humbled, work with so many smart people. And again, I'm old enough to remember how we used to do this. The miracle, honestly, Peter, isn't that we get 50,000 or 100,000 schedules done today. The miracle is that we ever got one done by hand. I I can't believe how this league somehow survived that inefficient, suboptimal process. But uh, it's just proof that, you know, the game is the thing. Try as we might, we we can't screw it up and try to just stay out of the way and make good decisions and uh, make a fair schedule, hopefully, that everybody feels, like we said, just a little bit disappointed by. And that's probably where we should be. And then the season starts and kind of out of our hands and we'll react as we need to. When you got out of college and you were working, whatever it was you were doing, when you started at the league, what was your first job and how did you get to this position? Because I think it's one-on-one. It's one of the coolest deals. And I know your passion for it. You love it. And it's like me with my job. I love it. Um, We're very blessed. We're lucky. Like, it's cool that we get to do what we want to do. And I know a lot of people who, who love your passion for it, which makes it so much fun for them, like talking about the schedule, because it's like, yeah, Mike and his group, like they absolutely live and breathe. And this is not work. This is a passion. How did you get to this? And was this kind of the goal? Like, I'm going to make the schedule one day? Uh, There really wasn't such a thing. I mean, sports scheduling wasn't even an industry back then. I mean, I'm sure they all just did it with like index cards or or dominoes. Like we used to see those old pictures of Burt Bell. Um, (laughs) I'm a much bigger... Look, the constituents have gotten a lot smarter, you know, can't beat around the bush. The money's gotten a lot more. So, um, you know, our partners, they're owed a a better process. No two ways around it. So uh, I got I got really, really lucky. I met a total stranger at a New York Rangers game one day. Is that right? Total stranger. Adam Graves, you know, just Jeff Bookaboom. And uh, you're just there. Even longer ago, earlier, (laughs) 1994. Um, So I, I met a stranger at a hockey game. 
I was working in advertising at the time. I said, I'd love to get into sports. She said, my aunt just got a job at the NFL. That's amazing. Doing what? I don't know, but give me your resume. I'll fax it to her. Yes. Two weeks later, I had the job. I fell blind, dumb luck, backwards. Oh, my gosh. Job, and it was when the NFL was launching its website. So yeah. you probably heard this story. It wasn't even at NFL.com because somebody was at NFL.com. NFL.AOL.com? It was, NFL was NFLHome.com. <laughs> Yes. As a podiatrist in Chicago had registered NFL.com under his product, No Foot Loss. So <laughs> I don't know the story. <laughs> couldn't, we couldn't even get NFL.com in the early days. We were at NFLHome.com. And the damn foot amputation business yeah. was keeping uh, us. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of got this rep around the building as the computer nerd. And uh, really? when okay. Spec was shifting the scheduling process from manual he used to lock himself in a room with Joe Ferreira and Dick Maxwell and you know really some some legends of NFL lore um, with a bunch when, of pistachios right yep, yep when they were when they were gonna try to automate the process they they needed a nerd they needed a computer nerd they had one on the fifth floor who was doing you know the new website and so I got really lucky got the job and have been <laughs> to talk about you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, what do you, yeah. the kid who got everything he ever wanted, man, I'm so lucky, get to work with all the smartest, brightest people, uh, all so respected, so smart, legends, uh, and and to think where the process has gone to and what it's become, uh, it is it is a labor of love. It's 24-7, it's 14 weeks, it's, it's everybody, it's all hands on deck, um, and we are down to the minutia, it really is, like, should this game be on this window, because if it is, you know, it's not going to air in Los Angeles. Or is that right that this Titans game can't be seen in Houston? And if the Houston Texans are playing and the Cowboys are playing, that's not really fair to the fans in San Antonio. And really mm. trying to get that surgical, wow. that specific about every window, every game, every television partner, the analytics play a huge role. Again, you go back to what we talked about at the beginning. Never want to distrust, you know, Roger Goodell's gut. There, there's a reason the guy's, you know, running the company. I trust everything he says and I'll do whatever he tells us. But if we can supplement some of that gut and feel and instinct with math and science and predictive analytics, that's probably going to get us to a better place at the end of the day. And then, like you said, season starts and all bets are off and, you know, best laid plans right in the garbage and you just react and you adjust. And that's what flexible scheduling is for and the Saturday TBD pools. And we'll do the best we can and, and uh, play the cards that are dealt couple more questions sure. and I'll let you leave because I'm assuming you haven't slept in days. Um, this is for the regular season. It's important. I would think that the night the regular season ends and figuring out which networks get which playoff games is a far more contentious time or am I overstepping my bounds and suggesting that there's actual yeah, arguments yeah. over who gets what? Again, I'm not sure about contentious, but it's definitely um, – a lot of uh, encouraging, a lot of arm twisting, a lot of uh, raising their hands. Um, look, the truth is, at that point, there's two things going for you. Number one, you've got a regular season under your belt. So you know who's up, who's down, who just had the big game, who you know got a solid, whether we did a flexible scheduling decision yeah. at 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. Like, you're not just all of a sudden starting from scratch to, you know, which of the mouths do we have to feed is the biggest mouth. Um, you've got a whole regular season under your belt, so you kind of know – you know, the roadmap to how you got here and maybe you owe this guy a little something or maybe that guy's just mm -hmm. fine with whatever he gets. Um, and then the second thing and maybe the most important thing is, you know, now you're talking about our best games. 
literally. You're yeah. talking about playoff games, right? So every one of these games is a valuable asset. And look at how the playoffs have gone these last two years with that incredible divisional weekend from a couple of years ago, the unbelievable comeback on wild card weekend last year. You know, generally speaking, the cream rises to the top. And, you know, if you're CBS or Fox and maybe you didn't get exactly the game you wanted on wild card weekend, well, you know that you're getting the winners of this weekend yeah. on divisional weekend. And CBS and Fox are always sitting there with a championship game. So you know they're getting, you know, the two best teams in the conference. And then whoever has the Super Bowl, on the one hand, you know they They've got, you know, the big win at the end. So maybe you don't need to feed them all the way along. But you also want to kind of build that momentum for that network. And everybody just get used to, you know, Fox, 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 weekend after weekend. So like everything else, it's a balancing act. Everybody raises their hand. It's a zero-sum game. Anything good for one is a challenge for another. But hopefully over time, whether it's over a few weeks or a few seasons or 10 years, everybody feels like at times they've gotten, you know, they've been heard and, and they've gotten, you know, They've they've gotten the, the the needle has tilted toward them just a little bit this time. I've got a buddy Mike who's a forty year old guy grew up with me. He loves the schedule. He loves the broadcasting stuff. Every year uh, before the playoffs, he like tries to predict like, all right, this is a CBS division. All the his question to me to ask you was: We know flex scheduling. You guys play a major role. We know that during the playoffs, you guys determine who gets what game for the most part. What do you, Mike North, do once the schedule comes out up until like week 10? Like panic. what's the panic? Panic and just let's Worry. make sure that nightmare, this thing... <laughs> disaster. I'm watching, yes. I'm watching every game thinking about the impact of the outcome of this game on week eight, week 10, week 14, week 16. So, because we made a promise to Amazon that, hey, week 13, this is our promise, game. Not even a promise, but look, we put this yeah. schedule out in May and, you know, we didn't put it out with an expectation that we were going to have to flex out of anything. Every year we put yeah. out a schedule that we hope and pray that we could play, you know, as it lies. And I always start thinking literally week one, uh-oh, anybody who mm-hmm. lost in week one, oh no, there goes their <laughs> season. Are we going to have to flex out of them in week six, week eight, week 12? Should we start Of course, about injuries, you probably get uh, sick over. So honestly, yeah. uh, the broadcasting department, our, our job after we make the schedule, we get a little bit of a break. We catch our breath, get some sleep, but we're right back at it by about mid-July. We're doing seminars with our network partners. The yep. teams are back in camp. Like the season will be here soon enough. And once the season starts, our job as a broadcast group is to work with the television networks and make sure, you know, let's tell the right stories. Let's have the right camera angles. Let's make sure the highlights air. Let's run the commercials at the right time. These games are overlapping. We should do this now and do this in five minutes. And this game's out of hand. We should transfer the audience from this game to that game. So our group is always working with the television partners and you got to get through each game at a time. But I'm always like, oh, please, nobody get hurt. Yeah. You know, no, no no disasters, no team that's, you know, owing something like, please get a win. Just like, I want everybody six and six through 12 weeks, man. I want everybody in it, everybody in playoff contention. I know that, again, that's maybe not good for our broadcast partners. They like dynasties. They like big brands. But, man, I want, I want everybody in it. I want everybody alive. So... Uh, I'm always rooting for the team that's behind in the standings, and uh, I'm always rooting for the team that's behind in the game and, and hope that they all come out and, and everybody's still in it in Week 18. That's the dream. That phone ringing is Sean Payton bitching about the Broncos How schedule. You, you can pick up if you want. You can pick probably it up if you leak. want. Donna yeah, Kelsey uh, probably put out another game. Donna Kelsey. That's another question. Like This whole sworn to see, like I do the NFL draft and these GMs will blatantly lead me astray. And we're like, <laughs> friends, why would you do that? Like They never tell me lies, but they certainly aren't tipping their hat. Like, 
the secrecy thing. Is there like a, you know, what's the word? Omerta, like amongst all you guys? Like, look, or hey, let's day, not leak. Look, at the end of the day, we're all on the same team, right? We all want the same thing. We want the best possible schedule. We want, you know, our fans to care as much as possible about, you know, every game, every window. We want them to care about the schedule release show. And if yeah. here we are on Wednesday at five o'clock and half the teams have leaked their schedule on social media, then tomorrow night at eight o'clock is not nearly as interesting. Yeah. So I hope that's not what happens. I, I hope the teams, you know, heck, it's their network, right? They own it. I, I, I would hope that they would all, you know, have all of our best interests at heart. But uh, yeah, no question. When we made our team calls today, uh, you know, senior team executives call them on the phone and say, okay, are you at your computer? You're about to get an email from the security department and you're going to have to click and yes, I agree. And no, I won't disseminate it. And yes, only the people that need to see it. And no, I promise not to do this. And yes, I recognize the impact of my decision. Really? If my schedule gets out. They all are, yes, yeah, sworn to secrecy and and have to make a commitment. Um, I'm sure there's always something, you know, yeah. people like having information and it's hard to keep everybody quiet. No such thing as a secret. See, but... if I'm you, I would get a thrill out of like a leaked thing and everyone runs with it and then it's wrong. I'm nah, like, All that's right. not good. Like, because, we did it. You know we did it. This just <laughs> happened, right? That newspaper in Germany I just saw a couple that. of days ago said, yeah, we've got here the teams. The Patriots are playing the Chiefs, right? And, yep. All wrong. And all it did was make for a couple of days of shoving the toothpaste back toothpaste back in the tube yeah. for members of the media, for members of the team staff, people now calling and saying, wait a minute, I didn't even know we were a candidate to go to London. Now I've got to start calling for site visits and hotel. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It's fake news. Don't worry about it. You will all find out your schedule on Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern on NFL Network. Anything you see before then, unless we breadcrumb it out, you should take with a grain of salt. There's a famous David Stern story, the late, great David Stern, that he was annoyed with the leaks coming out of uh, certain one. buildings. And he sent the same memo to all the teams. And there was one word different in every <laughs> single memo. And Got he em. knew which teams. And, and then it came out and it ended up being the Detroit Pistons and whoever it was, whether it was Dumars or the coach or whoever it was, they stung them. And they're like, all right, you got a, you got a problem with your building right now. There's like, I, I mean, I love that stuff too. The subterfuge of secret and what are we going out there? But I didn't think of the PR and logistical nightmare that you probably deal with when there's a false report that comes out. Yep. Better false than true. Yeah. Uh, my last question. Sure. What? When do you know... Okay. Is it whenever Goodell says this is the deadline or like, if you could, would you be up doing this till September 1st? Yeah. I mean, or is it? Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm sick. So I'm the wrong Me too. guy to ask, I get it. but um, the solution space is, is infinite. And now that we changed, like we were talking about, we changed the way each of these games are allocated. It used to be if you're the AFC team and you're on the road, that game belongs to CBS. And if we wanted to take it for Sunday night or Monday night, then you're literally taking it away. It was in the network contracts, takeaways. Um, and so we had to manage which games and how many games we took away from CBS and Fox. Uh, when Hans Schroeder and the rest of the team negotiated the new TV deals, they got rid of that. So every game's a free agent. So the good news is we have a lot more flexibility. The bad news is we have a lot more flexibility. I mean, we yeah. weren't seeing maybe one-tenth of 1% 1 of the solution space before. And now mm. every game can go anywhere. So the time that it took for the computers to grind through the beach looking for the best grain of sand every night definitely increased. And the likelihood that we were going to find a better schedule tomorrow and a better schedule tomorrow and a better schedule tomorrow. At some point, better is the wrong word. Now it's just flavors. It's vanilla or chocolate, but it's all ice cream. So yeah. to the commissioner's credit, I mean, you know him better than most. He is never satisfied. He will never, ever let you say you're done. 
He'll never, mm-hmm. ever let you say, this is the best we can do, because you don't know that's true until you beat the hell out of yourself for another month. So, you know, the sicko in me would go another yeah. month. I'd love to know if there was one out there that yeah. didn't have that three-game road trip or maybe didn't quite have that sequence of Monday, Sunday, Thursday for somebody. Or maybe there was another way to maneuver the London games with the bye the week. I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't know. But I would have loved to find out. Um, and so that's part of the reason why we didn't even confirm May 11th until just a day or two ago. We let the computers run all weekend, and we met with the commissioner on Monday afternoon. And it was it was 4.30 at night, really, 4.30 in the afternoon before he let us get out of there with, all right, if you're sure this is the best you could do. And it was hard to look him in the eye and tell him, this is the single best schedule commissioner. I would bet my life on it because yeah. I wouldn't. There is surely one out there. I just don't know if we would find it in another week or two weeks or a month. And at some point, we do have to go. The teams need to make plans. They need to book their buildings, their charters, their hotels. Fans want to buy tickets. I can't tell you how many people have asked me when they have to play in the Raiders. They want to get their flights now. That's the game. Why is that? Why is it Jets at risk? The Vegas thing for New York? I mean, if you're going to go to a road game, isn't that the one? I've had probably 50 different people either text me or be I'm on the street and they know I work for the NFL in my neighborhood and everyone is asking about that game. Yeah. When is Packers, when is Jets Raiders in Vegas? It's fascinating. Fascinating. So we got to go at some point. I, I appreciate very much that everybody's, you know, so eager and so interested. I can't believe how many, you know, how much people care about it. I, I love talking about it. I love the pursuit of this, you know, impossible pursuit of perfection or whatever you call it. Um, I don't know that we ever find the optimal schedule every year, but I do feel like this combination of Howard and Hans and Rogers gut with Charlotte and Mike and Ani and Blake's math, and you put some predictive analytics behind it, you get the ratings team and you get the football guys and you get them all together and you just start putting data into the black box. And at some point, Here's one. What do you think? Well, that's pretty good. Hang it on the wall. Best so far. Yeah. What would you fix about it if you could? I'd love to get rid of that three-game road trip. Run it again. Maximize getting rid of that three-game road trip. Coming tomorrow. Here's one. Got rid of the three-game road trip. What did we break? Well, we broke them and them instead. Is it worth it? Yes. Boom. New leader. Worth we got it. A better no. one. Leader survives. If that leader survives a couple of days, a couple of really good contenders, you feel even better about it. And we literally spent the whole weekend throwing Gosh. contenders at the leader and felt, you know, better and better about it. The more contenders, the more good contenders you threw at it. And because we had all this extra flexibility now, those contenders, they looked very different. In the old days, these two finalists were very close. So some changes on the margins. But now, one, two, three finalists down three different paths, wildly different. Different kickoff game in Kansas City, different Sunday night, different Thanksgiving, different Christmas. Really? Those are the tent poles that we started off talking about. Each one of them led someplace different. All good. Pick a winner, vanilla or chocolate. Yeah. Uh, 80 degree weekend in New York City, the first nice weekend in months. And you guys are trapped in uh, Park Avenue office, just hammering out different schedules. I love the image. Thrilled to do it. Humble that they trust us and uh, hope everybody likes the effort. And and honestly, we'll take a day or two to catch our breath. But already starting to think about 2024. It's going to be a whole new model, all different challenges, a fewer number of Saturdays uh, in December that we can use. The college football playoffs have expanded, so there's going to be some additional considerations there. Uh, Where are we playing international games next year? Is Mexico back online? Uh, Already already thinking about 24. Mike, 
You're awesome. I think Absolute you, you know, you know how much I love this shit and I, I really appreciate you and your team. And I always say it's, it seems like it's a formality, the schedule, but it might be my favorite thing about the NFL offseason, the science and the art that goes into it and the work that your fine team does. I really appreciate it. I think I speak for all the fans. Thank you for the work you guys do. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for being interested. Thanks for caring. Thanks for taking time out of your paternity leave to talk yeah. to us. Get back to diaper duty, all right, my man? Yeah, I'm on it. Mike North, uh, awesome stuff. VP of NFL Broadcast Planning. And by the time you guys listen to this, Mike's schedule and his team schedule will probably be out in the wild and we'll dissect it. And maybe we'll have Mike on next week to go through the actual details of it. Uh, but till next week, uh, this is The Season with Peter Schrager and Mike North. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care, Peter. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So that was Mike North, um, VP of NFL Broadcast Planning. Again, schedule comes out Thursday night. I know he says that there's such a rigorous anti-leaking thing, but I usually by like one or two, a lot of the main games start leaking out. Uh, Aaron, is that just the geek in me that I eat that up? Or did you as a, I would say not casual, but sort of new to the, in the weeds of this, did you find that interesting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... There's so much of it that's hard to know. And like you were saying, like that that uh, Rams-Packers game, you know, like it looked so good. And then who would have known Stafford was going to get hurt? Who would have known yeah. Rodgers was going to get hurt? And so it's... I just, I also know like the executives of these media companies and they're all so great, but they're also so gung-ho, their company. So like CBS thinks we should get the best games. NBC says we're Sunday Night Football, the number one show for your... Fox is saying Fox game of the week is where everyone gravitates towards. So it's like, I can only imagine having to please all those different masters, then also coming out with something that also satisfies the teams. You know, there's no advantage for, say, the Jets. I mean, it might be cool to be on Sunday Night Football a few times, but to play a primetime game every single week is is not a great advantage for the Jets. That's a whole different body clock. And I don't know, I, I, I find it it's a, it's probably a thankless job. And yet Mike and his team do it and they take such great pride in it. I, I was shocked as he was going through, you asked like, what are the games that what's the game everyone wanted? And he was like, there's no one yeah. game, but here are the list of games people wanted. It was a huge list. There's so many good games. And I think that the AFC is so yeah, loaded. Yeah. That's why, like, you notice he didn't say Rams Seahawks, which typically used to be a major game or, you know, Washington, Dallas, like the NFC is so, so down the line when it comes to, you know, fan interest now, especially with Rodgers coming into the AFC. And I think Brady being out of the NFC, I, I'm interested to see it by the time everyone listens to this, we might know some, um, but I'm going to see if we can get Mike on next week. That was fun. I'm going to the Nick game with Hackett. I think he's got that beard going. Um, let's see if uh, he gets recognized or not. Uh, Aaron, good talking to you, buddy. You too, man. See you next week. Have yeah. fun at MSG. Thank you. Um, on behalf of the very handsome, awesome, intelligent Aaron Wong Kaufman, on behalf of the amazing, brilliant, 
Jason English at iHeart Podcast. On behalf of Meredith Batten, our fearless leader on the NFL side of NFL media and the podcast division, and Matt Schneider and the great Jason Kleinman, who is fantastic and churns out these uh, these awesome clips that go on Good Morning Football and keeps everyone aligned. And on behalf of our music man, the great Jack Rudd, who is the man behind the funky beat you hear, it is good to be back on the podcast. I know I was gone for a week, but uh, we will be back soon. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.